Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hello, welcome to the College Investor Audio Show. So glad you're here. Today we take a look at how grandparents can save and gift money for a grandchild's college education. Very interesting today. Let's take a look at it. So there are many ways that grandparents can give the gift of college to their grandchildren. These include saving before college, helping during college, and also repaying student loans after college. Well, first, let's take a look at saving before college. Saving for a grandchild's college education can increase the likelihood that the grandchild will enroll in and graduate from college because it sets up an expectation that the grandchild will actually, you know, go to college. <laughs> Spreading out the cost of college over time just makes it easier to save and provides the benefit of compounding to grow the savings faster. It's a beautiful thing. There are many ways to save for college. How you save can affect the grandchild's eligibility for need-based financial aid. It can also affect federal and state income taxes. There are three specialized savings accounts that have tax and financial aid advantages. Coverdell Education Savings Accounts, Prepaid Tuition Plans, 529 College Savings Plans. The first option we mentioned, the Coverdell Education Savings Accounts, they're a little bit more limited than 529 plans. Coverdell Education Savings Accounts have a $2,000 annual aggregate contribution limit from all sources, and there are income phase-outs on contributors. Coverdell Education Savings Accounts also have age limits. Contributions must end when the grandchild reaches age 18, and the money must be used by age 30. But Coverdell Education Savings Accounts offer more flexible investment options and can be used to pay for K-12 education costs in addition to college costs. Prepaid tuition plans. Let's take a look at those. So they claim to lock in college tuition costs at current prices, but they often fall short of those promises. <laughs> Many prepaid tuition plans suffer from actuarial shortfalls and are closed to new participants. Only about a dozen prepaid tuition plans remain available. 529 College Savings Plans. They offer estate planning benefits. Contributions are immediately removed from the contributor's estate, but the account owner retains control over the funds. Grandparents can contribute up to $15,000 per grandchild, $30,000 if giving as a couple, without incurring gift taxes or using up part of the lifetime gift tax exemption. Superfunding, five-year gift tax averaging, lets grandparents give five times as much per beneficiary as a lump sum, 75 grand per grandchild, 150,000 as a couple, and have it treated as though it were given over a five-year period. Hmm. These estate planning benefits are particularly important if the grandparents are wealthy, since the lifetime gift tax exemption will drop roughly in half by 2025, when the increase from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 actually expires. Earnings in a 529 plan accumulate on a tax-deferred basis and are entirely tax-free if used to pay for qualified education expenses. Two-thirds of the states offer a state income tax deduction, or a tax credit, based on contributions to the state's 529 plan. Seven states allow the state income tax break on contributions to any state's 529 plan. 
A 529 that is owned by the grandchild or the grandchild's parent is treated more favorably on the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, FAFSA, than money in a custodial bank or brokerage account. Grandparent-owned 529s are treated less favorably, but this will be changing in 2024 and 25, and there are effective workarounds before then, too. For example, the grandparent could wait until January 1st of the grandchild's sophomore year in college to take distributions without affecting financial aid eligibility in a subsequent year, assuming that the grandchild graduates in four years, of course, or a year's worth of money can be rolled over to a parent-owned 529 in the same state after the FAFSA is filed. Plus, nothing stops a grandparent from contributing to a grandchild or parent-owned 529. U.S. savings bonds are popular among grandparents. The interest on Series EE and Series I savings bonds purchased in 1990 or later is tax-free if the bonds are used to pay for college or rolled into a 529, subject to income phase-outs. But the grandchild must be a dependent of the bond owner to qualify for the interest income exclusion. The interest rates are low. Each grandparent can buy up to 10 grand in savings bonds per year. You can visit treasurydirect.gov for more on that. Or thecollegeinvestor.com. We got a link set up for you. Custodial bank or brokerage accounts, like a UGMA or UTMA account, provide limited tax benefits. The first $2,200 in unearned income, such as interest, dividends, and capital gains, is taxed at a lower tax rate than parent income under the Kitty tax rules. The first $1,100 is tax-free and the second $1,100 is at the child's tax rate. Beyond this, the unearned income is taxed at the parent's rate. But these accounts are reported as a student asset on the FAFSA, which will reduce eligibility for need-based financial aid by 20% of the asset value. The grandchild also gains control over the account when they reach the age of majority. The money is not earmarked for college costs. A Roth IRA in the grandchild's name is worth considering if the grandchild might not be going to college. It can give the grandchild a head start on saving for retirement. Annual contributions are limited to $6,000 in 2021, subject to income limits, of course. If the grandchild decides to go to college, the money in the Roth IRA will not be reported as an asset on the FAFSA. But distributions will count as income, including a tax-free return of contributions from the Roth IRA. It might be best to wait until after the grandchild graduates from college to use the money to pay down student loan debt. That's just another thought. Trust funds almost always backfire. They must be reported as an asset on the FAFSA, even if access to the trust is restricted. The main exception is court-ordered trusts to pay for future medical expenses. Grandparents could also volunteer with their grandchild through AmeriCorps. The education awards earned by the grandparent can be transferred to the grandchild. The education awards can be used to pay for college costs, or even repay federal student loans. The other option we'll talk about today is paying during college. If the grandparents want to give a gift to help pay for college costs, they should give the money to the parents, not the grandchild. Gifts to the student count as untaxed income on the FAFSA, reducing eligibility for need-based aid by as much as half of the gift amount. 
Although we did mention this earlier, but this will be changing starting with the 2024-25 FAFSA when gifts to the student will no longer affect aid eligibility. But in the meantime, gifts to the parent do not get reported on the FAFSA. There is a gift exclusion for direct payments of college tuition in the Eternal in Internal Revenue Code of 1986. This is just for payments of tuition. It does not include fees or other costs like textbooks or room and board. It can also reduce the student's eligibility for need-based financial aid by the full amount of the direct payment, depending on the college's policies, of course. Avoiding gift taxes on a direct payment is often not needed, since the $15,000 annual gift tax exclusion is usually sufficient. Grandparents can also give the money by contributing it to a 529 for the student, even if the student is already enrolled in college. Co-signing private student loans may be a bad idea, since the grandparent may have to repay the loans if the grandchild is unable or unwilling to repay the debt. Lending money to the grandchild or parent may also yield an uncomfortable situation if the borrower defaults. Such loans are not eligible for the student loan interest deduction and can be discharged in bankruptcy. If the loan is for more than $10,000, the grandparent must charge interest at a statutory rate specified by the IRS. If the grandparent decides to forgive the debt, the amount forgiven will be treated as taxable income to the borrower. Lots of stuff to think about. A grandparent can claim the American Opportunity Tax Credit or the Lifetime Learning Credit, tax credits I should say, on amounts paid for tuition and textbooks, but only if the grandchild is the grandparent's legal dependent, like if the grandparent has adopted the grandchild. Now the last point we're going to make today, repaying after college. Grandparents can give a gift after the grandchild graduates from college to repay their student loans, and this will not affect the grandchild's eligibility for need-based financial aid, since they'll already be graduated. Promising to repay their student loans can give the grandchild an incentive to graduate. If there is leftover money in the grandchild's 529, the account owner can take a qualified distribution of up to $10,000 per borrower to repay student loan debt. This is a lifetime limit per borrower, not per 529 plan. And that is our show for today. I know that was a lot of info. You can check out thecollegeinvestor.com, copy and paste the title of this podcast into the search bar. You'll find the article and all the links and resources you need to make the best decision for you. Thanks so much for stopping by again today, and we will talk to you again real soon.